0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.
1: Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and this is Thursday night, and I want to tell you, Jesus is Lord. Amen. He is the one that is in charge of everything. It might look like nonsense is running wild, but my friends, Jesus has it all under control. A divine plan is at work. And one of these days soon, Jesus is going to descend into the lower atmosphere with a mighty voice, a shout. He's going to summon all the troops to action, and we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And my friends, I believe it's not too far from now. But from now until then, we need to keep our head on straight And do everything we can to keep the devil out of our lives. And that's what we're going to continue talking about tonight and tomorrow night. And we want you to download the free study guide. Just go to renter.org right now. It's called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. You guys, these study guides are amazing.
2: Yes, they are. They're great. They've been very helpful for us in this home group. And I'm sure that they'll be helpful for you in your fellowship, home group, cell group, or wherever you meet. You guys look at it. I mean, it is pages and pages and pages, and it's free material.
1: It's like a banquet is laid out on the table. All you have to do is download it. It's free. But it comes with a great study guide, uh, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, which is 10 parts. The back of it says, How to Build a Wall of Protection Around Your Life. This is what we're discussing this week in the regular TV program. But in the evenings at home group, that's what we're talking about. And we're also offering you my book called "Dress to Kill... It's a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. I wrote this book because of nonsensical teaching that was going around the nation in the early 1990s where people were actually saying, it's so crazy, that principalities and powers are in the heavenly places, so we need to charter planes and helicopters and go to the top of 60-floor buildings, get up as high as we can to deal with the devil. My friends, that is just nonsense. Nonsense. Jesus did not rent a helicopter. The Apostle Paul did not hold prayer meetings on the top of mountains or the top of buildings. Hey, the devil's down low. We need to deal with him down on this level. And that's why I wrote this book. You don't have to take it anymore because you're dressed to kill. You should have this as a reference in your home. It is so easy to read. And we're also offering you my book called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. But hey, guys, welcome to our home group. Thank you. Hey sister Renner, how are you? I'm great. You look so pretty in that blue and you match the TV screen behind you. Isn't that nice? It is.
3: Isn't that nice? Home group, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us and I want to say if you are a partner, okay. we are so thankful for we you. Sure are. Thank you for everything you sow into this ministry and your prayers for us. They mean oh, everything. Amen, Thank amen, you. Amen,
1: amen. All right. Let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and verse 9. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter says, be sober. It means be serious, be vigilant. Gregorio, put up a barricade because something evil is going to try to get in. It's talking about the devil. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom... He may devour, which means he's looking for the ones that are devourable. It's not everybody. If you've been doing what you need to do to reinforce yourself, he can't devour you. And that's why the next verse says, Whom resists steadfast in the faith? The word steadfast is a Greek word, stereos. It means you have to do something deliberately, intentionally to reinforce yourself in faith so that you are not devourable. And tonight... I want us to talk about something that has really been helpful in reinforcing me. Are you guys ready? Ready. Every day, spend some amount of time with those who strengthen you. And I want to give you the scripture. Are you ready? All right, here it is. I'm going to give it to you. Every day, here's the scripture. And it is Psalm 54, verse 4. I'm reading from the study guide that you can download for free right now at renner.org. But the scripture says, listen to this. The Lord is my helper. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Mm -hmm. And most people view their relationship with God just as vertical. Mm -hmm. Me and God. It's me and God. God is my helper. Well, David said that. But he also said something very horizontal. The Lord is my helper, and He is with them that uphold my soul. God is your helper, but His help often shows up through people that are around you that He uses to uphold and to strengthen your soul. And many, many years ago when Denise and I went through that really dark tunnel, the dark time in our life, we realized that we were pretty much living in isolation. And there were reasons for that. We're in the ministry, and when you're in the ministry, you don't always know who you can talk to. And not just that, we lived 10 time zones away from a lot of friends. When we were awake, they were asleep. When they were asleep, we were awake. And it was really hard to connect with people that could help us. So Denise and I were living in isolation. And friend, I want to tell you that when you're living in isolation, you really become susceptible to attack. Isn't that the truth? Because you're just listening to yourself, or you're listening to whether a voice is speaking to you. And back in those days, which was many years ago, praise God, I made a decision that every day of my life, I was going to connect with people who strengthen my soul. God is my helper, but He strengthens me through them that uphold my soul. So I began to identify men that I could trust. And I have a group of seven people who speak into my life. And Denise can tell you, Paul can tell you, Joel can tell you, I really touch base with all of them every single day. You say, I don't know how in the world you find time to do that. It is so easy. It's a text message. It is a Skype. It's just something fast. It doesn't have to be an hour long counseling session every day. It's just touching base with somebody every day. But it is personal. It's very personal, and I'm very deliberate about it. It doesn't matter where we are on the planet. Denise will tell you, I'm on Skype, which is my primary way that I communicate. I'm sending Skype messages, just dinging people so they hear me, and they're responding to me, and I do it every single day, and it is a form of accountability. And if there's anything weird going on in my life, they would know it. Now, there's not. But if there was, they would say, hey, Rick, what's going on with you? That is so healthy for me. And if I'm ever in a moment when I don't know what to do, of course I'm going to turn to Denise because Denise is the number one person that strengthens my soul. She really is. But Denise loves me so much that maybe she doesn't see things right either sometimes. Sometimes you need the voice of somebody else. You need to be very careful about who speaks into your life. You need to make sure it's people that are confidential, people that are not going to betray your trust, people that are trustworthy. You need to really identify those people and then let them speak into your life. And they really do speak into my life. Joel? I'm thinking about we live in a metropolis. There's millions
0: and millions of people in Moscow. And this has to be really intentional, what you're talking about. Because you can be in the subway of Moscow with millions and hundreds of thousands of people and feel isolated, feel lonely. You can be in an airport where people are passing by and eating in restaurants and talking you still feel alone. And I think reaching out to people you do trust, making friends who can, you can be accountable with, I think that's very important. People who can check up on you, also very important. And that's, 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 those people are some people you should cherish. You should really cherish those relationships because they don't come by every, every
1: afternoon. Well, the truth is most people are taking care of everybody else. Think how many husbands and wives they're taking care of each other, each spouse is looking for each other. They're taking care of their kids. They're thinking about their mother. They're thinking about their daddy. They're thinking about their cousins. They're thinking about their commitments to church. Most people are thinking about others, but they don't feel like anybody's taking care of them. It's not selfish to want somebody to check on you. It's smart. It reinforces you. And when you know that somebody's gonna be checking on you and that you have covenanted, to be honest, It makes you live better. It makes you live right. It makes you think about your decisions. It forms a kind of accountability that is so very important. And my friend, I really do contact with people every single day. Now, you say, yeah, but what kind of a relationship can you really have electronically? Well, I do. It's all I have. And I'm going to tell you what. That's why I believe in what we're doing right here on Home Group. This is not second class. This is first class communication. We're building relationship with each other. On social media and on Skype, I have real (laughs) meaningful relationships with people and we don't even hear each other's voice. But we type back and forth to each other. They check on me and it became reciprocal. I check on them. It is such a mutual relationship. Paul?
2: I'd like to clarify one thing. Because for a moment there, it sounded like we're supposed to expect people to do things for us. Or it's okay to accept help from other people and and kind of even like, you know, aren't you going to help me? Eh, We're not talking about entitlement. We're talking about submission. When you submit yourself to receive... And perhaps it's not the kind of help that you'd like to receive from other people. We're not talking about people doing things for you. We're talking about people opening yourself up so that people can speak to you in a very truthful and honest way. But you have to be careful about who it is. Yes. And I think you also need to be very clear. Because if you choose these people and, and you say, well, I just want to tell you something. But you're not clear about why you're telling them that. Like, are you asking a question? Are you asking for feedback? Are you asking for support? Or are you just looking for a sounding board? And it's okay. Either way, it's okay. But start the conversation out by saying, I'm looking for a sounding board. Okay, for
1: example, there is somebody I know who's telling me stuff all the time. He never asks me anything. He just informs me. Well, then the door is not open for me to say what I think. If he would open the door, I could really be a benefit but you can only go where you're invited. And so when you begin to look for people that can speak into your life, make sure you open the door or they won't know what they're supposed to do. Yes. You have to make your intentions very clear.
2: Yes, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Don't be, uh, be very clear. If you're asking for help or if you want them to, and you need to want, you need to be sincere about wanting input. Make that clear. I need your help. I want your input and then you open the door for so much good to happen in your life. And there's
1: something else important too. You can't expect everybody to come knocking on your door. If you wait for everybody to come knock on your door to check on you, you're doing wrong. You need to take the initiative. I remember when I was a kid, my mother used to tell me, Denise, maybe your mother told you too. If you want to have a friend... You have to be friendly. You have to be a friend. You have to be friendly. and. If you just sit around waiting for somebody to call you, they probably never will. You have to let them know that you need to be called. <laughs> Maybe you're the one that needs to initiate the phone call and start the relationship. Somebody has to begin. And you, a lot of offended people are in the church, and they just sit home and say, nobody ever calls me, nobody ever checks on me. Well, that's a wrong way of thinking. Make the, you make the phone call. You go see somebody. Open the door. If you need it, then go get it go get it. Don't wait for it to come to you. I like what
0: what I've heard sometimes, you know, their phone works too. They can make the phone call. (laughs) But oftentimes, what you sow is what you reap. In fact, that's a law of life. It's not often. It's the law of life. And so you make the phone call, make the phone call, make the phone call, make the phone call, and people will start calling you. And I think that's very important for us to remember. Denise? Yes.
3: well, I want to speak to that subject of isolation because I was isolated and, and it's a horrible place to be in. And, and if you're there, if you're listening today and, and you're there, I just want to encourage you because uh, if, if you're having struggles or problems or things are coming up and they're only in your mind, then they're, they're going to get bigger. It's going to get darker and more confusing. And if you can open up to somebody that you trust, it's going to bring light to that darkness. And, and it's so important. And, and they're going to, you know, and, and this is so good because God is so good. If you open yourself up, if you say, Father, give me a friend. Give me someone that I can reach out to. Well, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. Mm -hmm. If you ask for fish, he's not going to give you a snake. So if you ask him, Mm -hmm. get ready because he's going to give you somebody that you can identify with, that you can trust, and they're going to be able to strengthen you. And in turn, you'll be able to strengthen them.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, you and I grew up in very different homes. My parents were younger. Your parents were 20 years older than my parents. And so my parents were younger. It, our house was like a party all the time. Every Sunday night, we were in somebody's house where a group of people were in our house. We had tacos. <clears throat> Daddy was all the time baking peanuts. And we were, had chips and games and party. And, I mean, every Sunday night after church. He was a hamburger master. He was a hamburger master. And we were, at, if we weren't together at the house, then we were at the lake skiing having hot dogs. Our church was like a party on the move all the time. You had parents who were 20 years older, and they had a different mentality. And so your home was pretty isolated, actually. You didn't have a lot of people in your home. And so for me, it was easier to open up to relationships. For Denise, it was a little bit more difficult, simply because she wasn't reared with that. And so it was intentional for me to do it as well, just because of time zones. we had to be very intentional about connecting, but honey, you had to really make a decision, and I think that would be encouraging to people to know about that.
3: Yeah, you do have to make a decision because you don't you, you don 't want to end up isolated because it 's a really lonely place, and you can make some wrong decisions when you're isolated and you're stuck with your own thoughts over and over and over and over again. I mean, it's like stale water. It just gets stinkier and stinkier and stinkier and you need some fresh water flowing into your thoughts Mm -hmm. and into your life. So it's so important that you heed what we're saying today and, and, Pray about this. Ask God to show you somebody. Maybe he's even been talking to you about somebody to reach out to. And, and make that phone call. Make that decision. And be decisive about it. It's going to be a blessing to you. You know,
1: we're talking about reinforcing ourselves so that the devil doesn't get into our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the best ways you can reinforce yourself. And David said, behold, the Lord is my helper but don't stop there. He went on to say, and he strengthens those that uphold my soul. God really wants to put people in our lives that will uphold our soul. They'll help us think straight, think through things. <clears throat> and when you've got really sound people around you, you're gonna think better. And if you're thinking better, the devil's not gonna find access to your life. Joel?
0: We all need this, we really do. There was a scientific study done by done uh, of, of people who, long livers, what do they call those? A long life. Long life people, like 100 years, way into their 90s. And the number one factor for their long life was not their health, it wasn't their occupation. Was not exercise, was not food. It was not where they lived,
1: what kind of food they ate,
0: it was their relationships.
1: That's the number one factor in long life.
0: It's Very interesting. So if you want to have a good, re- a long life, of course, you need to honor your parents. That's what the Bible promises. But you also need to have good relationships.
1: That's awesome. But let's go to the next thing that will really help you keep your head on straight so the devil can't find access to you. And that is, this is so easy. Stop multiple times throughout the day to acknowledge the presence of God. And our scripture for that is Psalm 119, verse 164, where David says, seven times a day, Do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments? I just love that. Because David was a man who was susceptible to mental and emotional attack. All you have to do is read the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms are filled with David's emotions. One day he's up, one day he's down. In one Psalm, he's up and he's down and he's back up again. Especially the first 30 Psalms. Oh my gosh, he's all over the place. All over the place. Like, I'm a worm, you know, I'm not worth living. But I'm the king. I mean, he's all over the board. And so David learned about himself. He says in Psalm 119, verse 164, I need to stop seven times a day to put everything on pause to remind myself God is in control. In fact, the verse says, I praise thee because of your righteous judgments. Well, David was surrounded by so much injustice. He had a wife that was enemy, Michael. He had a son, that was an enemy he had people that he had trusted among his troops there were enemies he was surrounded by enemies and you know sometimes when you're just surrounded you begin to feel like you're just being swamped by all this injustice and david says you know what i've learned it's healthy for me just to put everything on pause seven times a day to remember god is righteous god is just it might look like i'm surrounded by a lot of nonsense but the truth is God is on the throne. Jesus is still the Lord of my life. And I'm going to stop and remember, I am not a victim of my circumstances. God is just in my life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, that will really help you keep the devil out of your emotions. The devil wants to penetrate your emotions. If you can keep him out of your emotions, you can keep him out of most of your life. Well, I decided to do that more than a decade ago. And I thought, okay, I'm going to stop every morning automatically at at 10, then 12, then two, then four, then six. And I kept missing it. And so Paul said, Dad, I'll help you. And Paul, what did
2: you say? I installed an app on dad's phone that periodically, and you can set it up for different intervals, periodically, and you really don't know when it's going to happen because it's randomly, comes up with this dinging sound. And what it does is it trains you to every once in a while, just stop and remember that God is in control. There it is. There you go. That's, that. That's how it sounds. I've heard that thousands of times. And because you don't know when it's going to happen, it kind of, you know, jolts you. And then all of a sudden, and it, it, sometimes it happens at the best moments. You're worried about something. You're talking about something and you're trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, ba-ding. Oh, yeah. Let's pray about that. Or, oh, yeah, I think we got our
1: priorities wrong. Well, I would just, when I would hear that, would you do it one more time? Yes. All right, I've heard this so many times. Here it goes. Boom. I would throw my arms up. and say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're really on the throne. It didn't matter where I was or who I was with or what we were doing. And our whole team learned that when they hit the ding, Pastor's going to throw his arms up and say, thank you, Jesus, you're on the throne. And boom, we would just, I'm talking seconds. We would just move on. And they all begin to do it with me. And you know what? It just reinforces your thinking. It periodically, randomly throughout the day reminds you, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Jesus is on the throne. Joel? I have one.
0: The app is called Chime. Chime. And every half an hour, it tells me what time it is. But to me, that's the signal. Every half an hour, I can say, thank you, Jesus, for my day. You're on the throne. You're in control. And I think it's really helpful and practical. I have to tell a funny story if I have time. But I did this with my wife, and so sometimes I forget to tell her I love her. And so every day, I would put an alarm on at 12 o'clock to say, they reminded me to tell my wife I loved her. That's smart.
3: That's a good idea. Ah, thank you, Denise.
0: (laughs) I'm sure only didn't think it was a good idea. Well, she wanted to be more sincere than programmed, but I understand her point, but it was still good for me. It was good for me to remember, and it's the same principle. God's on the throne every day, every minute, every second. He's in control, even if it looks like we're not. It doesn't look like he is. You guys,
1: what we're talking about is such simple stuff, and most people try to make this rocket science that they have to fast for five days and pray for three hours, and they make it so hard. But you know what? We're talking about maintenance. Yeah. And basic simple things that just
2: make you stronger so the devil can't get into your stuff. Let's let's take it to another level. It doesn't have to be 7 times a day and it doesn't have to be an app on your phone or a reminder in your calendar. It could be things as simple as your ring, your bracelet when you see it. Yes. It could be things as simple as something in your house. You walk by it, a verse on the wall. And it's a trigger. Piece of decoration that reminds you. It could be, and my mother taught me this, every time you hear the sound of an ambulance, pray for the person in the ambulance. Yeah. Every single time you hear a siren, pray for the person. They, they need help. Or the ambulance could be rushing to help someone. It could be these small little triggers that you set up for yourself. It's just like we sit down to eat. We pray every time we sit down to eat. It's a moment to stop and say, thank you. Now every time we sit down to eat, we don't always talk pray for the food, but we acknowledge God. Okay, I want to read this verse from the RIV.
1: Okay, second first Peter chapter five, verse nine. RIV says you must strategically oppose him, resisting his potential assaults by putting up a pre planned resistance. You must do all you can to bolster and reinforce yourself in faith. We're out of time, but we're going to be back tomorrow night, we're going to talk about two final things you can do to really reinforce yourself so the devil can't get into your life. It's just going to be so practical. Wow, it's going to be awesome, but we're out of time. We're praying for you. Please send us your prayer request at prayer at or call us 1-800-742-5593 and sleep good tonight. If you enjoy that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.